Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast, produced in partnership with BizNews PA. I'm Joel Berg, editor and founder of BizNews PA. The subject of this episode is an initiative launched last fall by the YCEA called the Welcoming Workplaces Initiative, which is designed to support diversity of talent and promote shared prosperity in the region. Our guests for this episode represent organizations taking part in the initiative. They are Marissa Bankert, Executive Director of IEC Pennsylvania, and Nika Jackson, Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Family First Health, and Janet Jameson, Employee Relations Manager at OSS Health. One thing I was curious to learn, maybe to start this conversation, is why is attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion so important in today's economy? And maybe start with uh, Marissa. Sure. So one of my favorite things is that those workplaces that have a DEI initiative make more money. Like I talk about this a lot when I present on culture and construction and engaging women in construction, is that when you have more diverse voices at the table, it allows you to have bigger and better ideas and therefore you make more money. So I mean, that's the truth. The truth is that we wanna make more money. And in addition to that, I'd say one of the key things is that in a very shallow workforce pool, that it's important to be able to get out there and explain why it is that you know you offer these types of welcoming workplaces and the ability to attract diverse talent. Yeah, um, you know, diverse, when we have diverse people at the table, we get diverse perspectives. And coming from a healthcare angle, um, yes, there is a financial component to functioning as a healthcare organization, but more important than that is having a healthy community. And so when we have a diverse workforce, we are able to engage our patients more deeply in their care. And that allows them to go to work. That allows them to be productive in the community. And so for us, a diverse workforce um, and putting that focus on diversity allows us to engage our patients more deeply. For me, it's it's the right thing to do. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. It's the right thing to do. If you are exclusionary in your hiring practices, in who you work with, in your vendors, in anything like that, that exclusionary behavior is telling them they're less than. So for me, having a diverse workforce, having those initiatives and policies in place is an opportunity for us to say you're worth it and that we we want you here so it's the right for me it just boils down to it's the right thing to do so how, how do you see it helping the broader community that you all touched on some of those points earlier but how, how does uh, does attention to diversity equity and inclusion not just help the company and the organization but also the broader community and Janet, we'll start with you. Um, one of the things that we've been able to do, um, part of it in response to um, just what's happening in the community and just with um, what's happening just in the business world, but also as a response to it's the right thing to do, is um, bring everybody's wages up to um, livable. I mean, <laughs> you know, and you look at, so for me, being able to do that for our employees um, only helps the community as a whole because then the schools are able to, you know, get their part of that. And um, and that that's one of the areas that's passionate to me is just let's start with education and let's start with ensuring that our, 
our schools and our teachers have the resources that they need to really be able to invest in the children of um, the community. But so being able to do that, it's it's single moms being able to provide opportunities for their children that aren't necessarily there without and without those oper- without those finances. It's being able to, you know, even if it's just, um, you know, you know, you know, they're able to put food on the table and their, their children are having a, a good nourishment and things like that. And so those things have been like are things that we've been able to do recently that impact the community. And we can just kind of start there. For me, it means meeting people where they are. Um, you know, as we look at workforce, we have a shallow pool that we're pulling from. And, you know, if you're looking specifically at a clinical environment, it's, it's the, the pool gets more shallow as you, as you have these clinical things that we just must have in place. Um, and so, you know, when we prioritize these uh, efforts, it allows people to feel connected and they want to come to work. They want to do their best work. And so that helps us attract and retain more talent within our organizations. And also um, it does help us produce better, whether that's health outcomes, whether that's real estate, whether that's uh, widgets. Um, You know, when people feel connected and invested, that's what the outcome is for our community. So um, it really is all interconnected. And um, so uh, one thing I will say is DEI has to be interwoven. It cannot be a standalone program by itself. There are some aspects of that, but it has to be interwoven into how we recruit. What things are we doing to retain? Who are we engaging in those conversations? And so that's what that means to me. I would say that one of the things that's exciting to me when I think about this is that inside of communities, we might see increased um, success stories across varying populations. So specifically in the construction industry, when we think about that, I love the idea of thinking about, you know, um, specific neighborhoods that may have never had anyone in the construction or skilled trades be a success story and have graduate from an apprenticeship program with zero dollars in student debt and be able to move forward with an electrical career that then shows everyone in their neighborhood what the real opportunities that exist for them. So when I think about that, that's the kind of exciting thing that I that I you know think kind of goes back to the communities is like, hey, let's get some successful things happening so that that way there's this ripple effect that goes to that shallow pool where people then go, oh, that is something that I can do. Oh, I see why that has value to my community and to my family and to all of those things kind of Jana alluding to what you were talking about with the you know food security and the ability to not just sustain but to live really successful lives so the topic question this month for the uh, YCEA economics club was the work welcoming workplaces initiative and I'm curious you know what prompted your organization to join the initiative and uh, become a part of it. So Marissa, if you would like to start. So um, I was a part of the Pathways to Prosperity group for the YCEA. And so um, in thinking about confronting racism and some of the other issues that we were discussing in and amongst those um, 
topics of conversation, this was one of those things that kind of came out of that. So I was really, really excited to be a participant in that way because I was like, yes, so I love an action item, right? I love a something that we don't just talk about for a couple of years and then everybody goes, well, those were great talks. I love a something that comes from it. So, you know, having not just the sticker to put on your window, but also the opportunity to kind of get out and spread the message of why welcoming workplaces are important is something that was attractive to me. And again, as a, as a woman in construction in a male-dominated industry, I want to show that these are the opportunities that exist and that, you know, we want you to be a part of our organization. We want you to come in and see what it means to be in skilled trades and a part of, you know, our organization and the other companies that we represent as an association. Yeah, for our organization, we're always looking for how to uh, improve. And this was an opportunity for us to take a look at where are we now and how can we be better? Um, and through this journey, we have recognized some areas that we're doing really well. And so I want to be clear about that. You know, we do focus a lot on hiring from the communities that we serve, and we do a good job of that. Um, you know, if we take the next step and look at retention, are we doing so well there? That's something we need to look into. Um, and then, you know, a large part of how to make impact with DEI work is policies. You know, those policies that, whether intentionally or not, impact people. Um, and so we have recognized that that's an opportunity for us as an organization to look at our policies and procedures to say, are we really achieving what we intended when we put this policy in place? Or maybe there's some collateral damage that uh, we need to fix that. So um, for us, it was an opportunity to say, how are we really doing? And we took the opportunity to say, what are we doing well? And we continue to take that. Um, but also, I think the most important part is the areas where we can learn from others who are excelling in areas where we need to grow. What a quick, is there an example of a policy that you can share that you've either had to change or alter or tweak? Well, um, one of our policies that has always been in the back of my mind that was actually created during my time at Family First Health, and I've been there five and a half years, um, is employees as patients. And um, this actually came about when we opened our substance use line of service. Um, and so recognizing that healthcare, engaging in healthcare on the surface is a very vulnerable state. Um, but when we talk about substance use or mental health, that's even more vulnerable. And knowing that we have a quality program, um, but needing to put in place a policy that puts guidelines on the engagement of our staff and their engage, uh, engagement and services with us and their families um, because there are some ripple effects of that. So, you know, that is a policy that we put in place that, um, you know, there's some boundaries on engaging in that line of service. Um, and so we have to think about the big picture with that. And sometimes that's a hard decision. So, um, and so some could look at that and say that that creates some inequity. Um, but we want to make sure that we're able to give our best to our patients. And if our staff are patients, we want to be able to give our best to them. And for a condition like a substance use disorder, we may not be able to do that as well for our staff um, who may be struggling. Yeah, that must have been very hard to implement that, I would imagine. It was. I, uh, I actually used to lead that program. And so I have had a couple of tough conversations with staff who uh, have family members 
who they wanted to connect to services because they knew how great our services are. And um, But what I was able to do is I have connections with a lot of other organizations that provide stellar service. And so I was able to bridge them to other um, providers. But it's tough. It's tough because, um, you know, battling substance substance use is uh, it's very stigmatized. So Jana, what uh, what prompted OSS? <coughs> excuse me, Jana, what prompted OSS Health to uh, to join the initiative? Um, I I like what Anika said. I don't want DEI to be a bullet point, and I want it to be infused in every aspect of how we operate, how we do business, how we serve our patients in the community as a whole. So, for me and for my my director, Maureen um, Putnam, we we realized that welcoming workplaces is going to be a great resource because that's all York County, that's all community participants. So I don't necessarily, if I need a resource, if I need examples of policies, if I need um, someone to reach out to, it's going to be someone within the community who can look at me and go, oh, I know what you're dealing with. Like, I have no doubt that I could reach out to um, Anika and get the, and she would go, yes, I know, I understand what you're, I understand. And um, so for me, welcoming workplaces was a great um, starting point for finding those resources and making those connections. All right. I know it's early yet, um, but are there any results that you've seen so far from the from the initiative? And are there maybe you could share a little bit of what you're hoping to see it in terms of a difference in your organization? And Anika, we can start with you. Um, I think I wouldn't say this is a tangible result, but um, as I mentioned on the panel, I'm a person who just by nature I ask questions. So uh, I have set the expectation within my leadership team that I am going to ask questions. And it may be uncomfortable. Um, uncomfortable for me as well sometimes. And so um, I think that that's a positive that my colleagues expect that from me. Um, I'm sure there are times when there's, oh, we just need to move this forward. It's slowing down the process. And DEI, intentionality behind DEI does slow down the process. Period. Because we are asking different questions, we're engaging different people. So I would say that that's been a positive um, that's come out of this so far. In terms of hopes, um, I would really like for us to expand fully across our organization. We have sites in four different counties. And right now our focus has been in York City. That's where our main office is located. Um, so I would really like to see us engage in other communities that might have a different demographic and, and figure out the best ways to impact um, our work there. So that would be a hope and there's a whole host of things we could do in that regard, but that would be the next thing. Um, and I also mentioned employee resource groups. That is something that is on my radar within the next year to at least have one to really engage our staff in the work. Thank you, Jana. How about at OSS? Um, I, we are very early in the process, a very new member of Welcoming Workplaces. Um, 
one of the things that I realized that it's helped with me personally is that um, it does help me as I'm creating different policies and I'm creating um, different programs and things like that. And I'm working with employees individually. Um, it, it helps remind me what, um, what our goals are and, and what we want to accomplish at OSS. So personally, I, I find being a part of welcoming workplaces, it's one of those things where like, you know, what would welcoming workplaces do? Um, but it helps with, you know, with just those individual conversations. My hope, my hope is that it is something that we just infuse within OSS. We, my hope is that um, we can look around at our organization and we have representation and we have, and it becomes less about, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if this is even correct to say, but it becomes less about, um, I wanna to get to the point where when I look across, I don't see the representation. Like, I mean, of course I will see it, but it's so prevalent in, in our employees that it's not a, oh look, we have hired a whatever, you know, we've hired this and it's a big deal. Like, I don't, I'm, I wanna get beyond that. I want to be, and that's, a lofty goal, but um, I think, you know, if we continue to strive, the other thing I think that is very important to um, to keep in mind is that, again, this is not a check it off the list type of um, initiative. This is not one of those things where, you know, I kind of like what Marissa said in the session, like so much stuff has gone on culturally over the last five years. Um, I think it has thankfully made people question how they approach things and what can I say this and and so um, I think it's important to know that for me welcoming workplaces isn't just something oh we're a part of welcoming workplaces check that box off it's it's giving back to welcoming workplaces it's being a resource for others and um, and so that's my hope is that OSS can be a resource for others. And Marissa, finally, um, yeah, what changes have you seen so far at IEC and wait, what do you have as far as hopes down the road? Yeah, so I agree that I think that the biggest immediate outcome is conversation, mm -hmm. right? It's about being able to have the, the discussions surrounding why it's important, why IEC of Pennsylvania would be supporting, why we would choose to engage, why do I spend my time as your executive director working on those things, right? So I think that those are really, really important factors that have immediately come out of it. Um, I think that we have seen an increase in diverse communities engaging with IEC Pennsylvania. Um, so I'm hopeful that that's a direct correlation uh, from welcoming workplaces, but my hope would be that that continues to grow and that we also have a real standing as an organization that says we value this, right? So I try to push our national organization on this as well. We're a statewide chapter, but it's one of those things where I'm like, hey, I'm doing it here. Let me tell you about the conversations I'm happening, you know, that are happening here. Can we look at those from our national organization and say, how can the rest of our chapter network be engaging in those types of discussions? How can the rest of our chapter network become a welcoming workplace? How can our apprenticeship program and the resources that we provide be welcoming, you know, opportunities for people throughout the entire Commonwealth and, you know, by extension through the nation? So that's my some of my hopes. Well, thank you. That was the final question. <laughs> so.
Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the York County Economic Alliance podcast produced in partnership with BizNews PA. Join us next month for a discussion on the economic impact of the cultural sector.